times in this world. Amen? But I love one of the, the verses, the keynote verses that for the Compassion team. And, and Michelle read it um, Friday night, and it's Hebrews 10.24. And out of the Passion, that says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Man, that's cool right there. That is, that's, what we're, that's exactly what this team is all about. It's about finding ways to reach the lost, the hurting, the depressed, the mentally ill, the frustrated, the, uh, the, the confused, the chaos, the, the hurting people in our world. And I'm gonna, or not in our, well, the world too, but we're talking about in our city. Listen, there's people struggling right here. There's people that, that, that are so confused and they hate their life, they hate their job, and they hate this and they hate that, so full of anger and have no idea what the love of God is. And that's what this team's all about. Meeting those people where they are regardless of the circumstances that surround them. I don't care if they've had a bath. If they haven't had a bath, glory to God, I'll buy them a bath. I'll give them, a, I'll, I'll give them food, I'll, whatever, as long as I get the opportunity to share some Jesus. That's what it's all about. Because we know, we know, we know, we know that nothing changes until Jesus comes on the scene. Amen? Because there's a lot of broken people right now. And, and, and too, too often we, we, we want to look away when we see the brokenness in people. Right? We do. I've done it. Come on. And, you know, y'all don't have to be honest in church. That's okay. You can repent later. But listen. <laughs> But see, you've got to learn to understand the value, just how important you are, so that you can see that value in those people. I mean, because God loved all. Think of the love that God shows all of us. Think of the love that God's showing us right now with what's going on in this world. You know, we've been talking about love, and we're going to carry that on, but think about it. I mean, there's so many people in this world turning their back on God, turning their back everything, you know, blatantly doing horrible things against God. And he's a merciful and gracious God. Aren't you glad? Because let me tell you something. If he was quick to wrath, we'd be in trouble. Right? Glory to God. But he's showing that love. And we want to show that love also. And we don't just want to get those people saved. Right? Because there's more to do it than just salvation. You know, I mean, that's vital. And a matter of fact, some, there's a lot of churches that are really good at getting people saved. But, but see, just like I want you to come in the house and to grow into things of God because that's how you're going to walk out the plan that God has for you. You don't just get saved and everything magically happened in your life. Everything changed, right? You got to come in and you got to get a part of a church family and you got to connect and you got to get a part of the community and you got to unify with that vision. And then you got to grow into the things, into the Word of God, into the things of God, so that now you become not just a disciple, but you become a discipler, and then you begin to mentor and teach and disciple someone else. Guys, this is how the kingdom of God grows. Right? You cannot overlook discipleship. Very much a part of it. But that's what we want to do. You know, and I was talking with another minister about this here in this town, and, uh, and he wasn't critical but he was just like, well, you know, we don't like to reach the people in the hard parts of the city. Because, those, he, and he even said this, and he kind of felt bad after he said it. And actually he did after we continued to converse. And he said that, he said, we don't like to try to reach those, because those people are going to come to the church. And I said, whoa, whoa. 
And then he explained what he was talking about. Well, you know, some people don't want to sit next to those people. Some people don't want to be around those guys. And I was like, you're, you're digging a hole, brother. You're digging a hole. Stop. Stop. Listen, you know, that's not showing the love of God. That's just any way you look at it. You can try to sugarcoat it any way you can, but that's not showing. And that's not what we're going to do. We're going to show the love of God. Amen. If we see somebody that's in a circumstance, a hard circumstance, maybe homeless or whatever, you know what? We're not going to push them away. We're going to invite them in. And I know it's it would be it's going to be a little uneasiness, right? But that's okay. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have the love of God on the inside of us, and we have Embry Lashley at the door to protect us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But listen, that, you know, unity is, is such a powerful thing. In the, in, we had corporate prayer after the compassion team meeting the other night, uh, Friday night. And unity is, is, is a very powerful thing. And, and we always pray for that because, you know, discord can come in a church in many ways. And, and it, it, it never comes obvious. It comes in in subtle ways. And, and Satan gets in someone's head and gets them to, to start talking or start doing this, just to create and stir up disunity. And so we constantly pray for unity, which unity in turn goes with the community of our family we have here, which in turn goes to the love of God that we've been talking about. But God gave me this verse on Friday night as we were praying, and it's Psalms 122. Psalms 122. Oh, glory to God. No, I think it was Psalms 133. I can't remember now. Psalms 133. Let's try 133. Yes. And I'm going to read that not out of the Passion. I'm going to read that out of the King James. It says, this verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. In verse 2, it says, It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down the skirts of his garment as, he, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessings, even life evermore. Now, if you, if you understand who Aaron was right now, he's the high priest. God compares unity with the anointing oil that went on the high priest of the day. I mean, that's Amazing. That's powerful. And now they didn't anoint. They didn't anoint with like we do a little jar of oil, bloom, and put it on your forehead. When you got anointed in the day, they had a horn, a massive horn full of oil, and that went, they come up and that, that was poured over your head, and it flowed over all the way down to it immersed you. You were when you were anointed, you knew you were anointed. But it was so cool to see that. And when God showed that to me, and, and we were, he was, he, what he was doing was he was emphasizing why we fight for our unity in the church. Because, listen, the enemy's been trying to break churches apart forever. And it'll never stop. And, but we, what we have to do as people is we have to learn not to fall into discord. Amen. Glory to God. But, and I just wanted to give you that nugget. That's what God, that's what God showed me from Friday night. But it, it, that unity is powerful. 
A unified body is powerful. I mean, you just look at Church of the Highlands. You know, everybody, one of their greatest things is their serve day. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people go out and hit the streets in the state. And I'm sure they're doing it in other states too now because they've created the ARC Network. And they have churches all over the world now. And I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But, and they accomplish so much. I'm talking about big stuff. They get it done, right? And they get it done. But the way it's accomplished is because they are a unified body. They're arm in arm. They're, we are Highlands, right? Now, this isn't a, an ad. I don't want you to leave here and run off and go to Highlands, amen? But I'm just telling you. I'm giving you that. That's an example. That is a powerful example, Amen? Glory to God. All right, so let's get after this thing because I know you want to get to the lake. But everybody say love is a choice because that's what we're talking about. This is part two. And we're talking about choosing love, not the emotion of love. You all have things that you love, you know, whether it be you love shopping, you love certain types of car, you love shoes, Hamp loves shoes. I mean, I always Who loves shoes? Don't raise your hands, all right? Because I was amazed. I've actually grown to love them a little more myself. But anyway, you have these things that, 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 uh, that appease a desire in your heart. And a lot of times people think that's love. Now, how many of you know following after the wrong kind of love is dangerous? You see that with people that are in relationships right now, right? They're, they're pursuing after a love that is an emotion. In other words, they see someone that's beautifully made the way that they like, and they, they think, wow, you know, I would love to have her as my partner. And then they pursue that, and then they end up in a relationship, right? And it's all based off of lustful emotions, and then they end up uh, getting married, and then they end up uh, having children, and then they end up after a while, because their relationship was based off of a feeling of love and not the love of God, now we've got a problem. Yeah. Now they're in discord. They're divorced. They have children out of, that, are, that are in a broken family. Those children have to break up. And now, if they don't know Jesus, come on, and they don't get the love of God in their heart, they're just going to do the same cycle again, same mistake again. And it's happening all over the world. Amen. Right? But we're talking about not the fleshly emotion, emotion, emotion of love. Because that's what people get confused about when you talk about love. Right? But we're talking about the God kind of love. Romans 5 5 tells us the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing, depending on which translation you're reading. King James is always going to be Holy Ghost, right? But that's the love of God. That's not the feeling of emotion, right? That love is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, when is the Holy Spirit given to us to dwell on the inside of us? Salvation, right? So we know that when you get saved, that's when the love of God comes to live on the inside of you. Now, I'm just hitting some high spots from my last week. I'm not going to re-preach that sermon. I encourage you to go back and get it. Because, listen, when we talk about love, we can talk about love for the next year. But it is the most vital, vital, vital part of your Christian walk. There's so many things that will not work in your life if you do not learn to walk in love. All right? And I'm going to say this. Don't get confused into thinking that walking in love means that you've got to be a punching bag for society. All right? That's not what, what walking in love means. Now, you've got to forgive them. 
right? It doesn't mean you've got to bring them in the house and let them beat you down and, and, and abuse you and all of this just trying to be their friend because I'm walking in love. No. Uh-uh, I like what Emory told me. He said, if you get me once, it's on you. If you get me again, it's on me, right? <laughs> but that's so true. You don't have to... Listen, you've got to forgive them. You've got to love them. But you, ain't gotta hang, you don't have to hang around them. Right? You see this a lot in business because in business a lot of times... You know, people are good businessmen. They can be a little edgy, you know, and they'll, sometimes they'll do somebody wrong. Now, whether you decide to... Now, you, you can either get mad and harbor that feeling and angry at them and just hate them and all of this, or you can forgive them as we should. Now, whether you do business with them again is a whole different story. Likely not. You're not going to do it. Oh, sorry. Amen. So, we're talking about the God kind of love. It's in us. Everybody say, I have the love of God on the inside. All right. And it's, it says that it's in your heart. So the, 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 the love of God is in your heart. Whenever the Bible's talking about the heart, it's talking about the center of man. It's talking about the spirit of man. That's where the love of God rests. That's where the love of God lives. All right? Now, understanding that that love is there, is where, that's how the, the, the choosing love, where the choosing love comes into play in the picture. Because that love can sit there and lie dormant until you walk in the light of that love. It's the same way, same way you see people get saved, but then on Monday they're right back at the bar, they're right back at wherever, they're right back doing the wrong things of this world, right? The, the, the change took place in their spirit because their spirit was made new, but they're not walking in the light of the change that took place of them on Sunday, right? So the same thing is true with love. The love's there. Because I know a lot of bitter Christians. Come on. I know everybody's looking so holy, and that's okay, right? But there's a, there is. There's a lot of people that are harboring hard, angry, frustrated feelings. And it, the, all that is doing is holding you back. It, it, I'm getting ahead of myself right here. All right, so we know that from last week that the only commandment Jesus gave us was Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's what we've been told to do. Of course, to go, the mandate to go make disciples. But the New, Testament, the, the New Testament commandment is for us to love just as God loved us. Now listen, we all have been in, been in a broken state and done some things that we shouldn't have done, every, myself included, right? But it was the love of God that saw through that, right? He, he, and, and not only did He see through that, He loved me so much, He sent His Son to die for me, but He don't forget my shortcomings. We're the ones that typically hold on to them too long, right? God says, I, I give you a clean slate. You get a pass. So, essentially put, the real indicator of a Christian, a real Christian, is someone that loves God, loves Jesus, and loves people. Right? God's number one interest is people. Should be our number one interest. But now, <laughs> we all know the loving God and the loving Jesus. That's the easy part. Come on. What's the hard part? Loving people. Now, that was kind of weak, but I know y'all are thinking, good tonight, because there are some people that can get under your skin, right? Come on, it's okay, you can tell the truth in church. Just don't point to your neighbor, especially if you're married, right? 
Because I know I get under her skin. Some days I can be, I like to, I'm a talker. I like to talk. Some days when she's just doing her stuff, she's like not listening to me. And I can tell when she's not even looking up from her computer or from her phone or from whatever and all that. I'm like, well, it must be time for me to go. And eventually she'll say, you need to go somewhere. You know, <laughs> she loves me, but that's okay. <laughs> but listen, loving people can be hard. Let me tell you, I see Miss Larissa back there. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but Miss Larissa had a part in playing, a part to play in me going to Ukraine for the first time I ever put, put my foot on that soil. And I was very happy for that privilege to have that honor to go, which led to, you know, us still working there today. And, um, but it made me think about when I was flying over on that, on that flight, I was flying from Atlanta to New York. And uh, I was sitting there, and, and um, I was talking to the, to the guy next to me, and, you know, what minister doesn't talk, eventually start talking about Jesus. And well, I started talking about Jesus. And uh, um, actually, I talked to him before we got on the plane. We were, we were kind of getting, you know, getting to know one another, blah, blah, blah. And then we get on the plane, and I go in to get my seat. And he's actually sitting in my row. We were, that's what made us get into a conversation while we were sitting there before we went on. This is so funny. And so we're talking out there, and we're looking, hey, yeah, you're on this seat, and I'm on the, we're on the same, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so we're talking, and then we start talking about Jesus, this and, that, and then we go on to get on the plane. And I walk in, and I'm sitting in my seat. I'm all happy. I've never flown before, you know. I'm all happy. I got my seat, and I'm sitting there. My buddy's sitting there. I really can't remember his name. But anyway, we're sitting there, and this lady comes up, and she says, you're in my seat. I'm like, oh, excuse me? I'm like, she says, you're in my seat. And I forget what the number was, but she looks at her ticket, and sure enough, her ticket said that. And I said, well, okay. And I started to get up. Like that, and I leaned forward, and I said, well, let me just check mine. And I checked mine. Well, well, mine said the same thing. So it was an error, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh well, look, you know what? They, they did make a mistake. It's, it's the same thing right here. <laughs> and and uh, she said, well, okay, well, get up. And I looked at her, because you know how your flesh, you know what I mean? You know, and I'm just talking to Jesus about this man before we get on the plane, and you know how it starts rolling up and your ears get hot, you know? And I'm like, lady, with an attitude like that, I'm not giving you the time of day. And I'm not getting up. No, it ain't. And it, wasn't, it was getting ugly right there, you know. It was getting really frustrated. I wasn't choosing to walk in love in that very moment because it's a choice. And this went on, and I'm talking about the, the flight attendants had to come and get involved. And this was before the day of them resting you and throwing you off the plane. And they actually <laughs> ended up... And I mean, I, it got pretty intense, guys. I was, wasn't raising my voice, but I was being a little firm and probably said some things, not anything terrible, but out of line because she was really making my ears hot, you know. And, uh, and so anyway, she, she walks, they, they come and get her and they move her into, they actually moved her up a class, which I was a little frustrated over that, you know. But that's all right, you know. But I wasn't choosing to walk in love. And then I sat down and the guy was sitting down to me and, somebody, and he looked at me and he said, he said, so... You want to finish telling me about Jesus? And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness, probably too much. I'll never forget that story. That was so funny. Anyway, I had to repent. I wasn't choosing love because choosing love is it's, it's a not, it's a choice. Choosing to love is a choice. And just because somebody makes you mad doesn't mean that you that you can't walk in love. And when you're 
making that decision to whether or not you're going to walk in love, you've got to always remind yourself of Galatians 5, 6. And that is the, the, one of the main reasons why love is so important in our lives. And Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. Faith works by love. Now, why is that important? Well, if you're going to get any of your prayers answered, right? If you're going to, if you're going to see, in other words, if you're going to see the, your prayers get answered, what do you have to do? You have to tap into the power of God, right? In other words, you go to God and you pray. Now, what happens? Well, God's not a magician, but the power of God has to show up on the scene and has to start making things line up with what God wants to happen and with what, what needs to happen, removing things from the equation or, making, or, or even possibly performing miracles. But either way, you have to tap into that power, right? And now, when I was putting this, when I, you know, and now some of you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, God's omnipresent and he's, and he's omnipotent. So yeah, well, that's true. That's true. So he's surrounding us right now. And he's, so if he's surrounding us right now in this room, then his power is right here in this room. It's ever, we're sitting right next to us. It's, it's all around us. Right? Now, if the power's around us, how come it's not affecting every person in here that's got an issue in their life? Huh? Think about it. Think about it. Why is it not? It's because you've got to tap into that power. And you tap into that power by, you got to activate it, and you do that by faith. Remember Hebrews 11, on your faith is what gives substance to the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your, your faith is what brings into its manifestation the answer to your prayers. You're believing God to the point you're so fully persuaded, so fully convinced, believing Him in his, based off of the truth of His Word that you see it before it manifests in your life. And that only happens by tapping into the power of God, by faith. I mean, remember the woman with the issue of the blood. Now, I've done an in-depth study on this. And if you look at the whole issue, what was going on in her life, she, she had the issue, and she was spending all of her money, been to doctor after doctor, done everything and the natural to take care of this issue. But and then nothing was working. She was broke by this point. And now, and then, but she heard something. She heard something preached, and it was about Jesus. Now, hearing that being preached gave her faith. We know that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. She got that faith. And then when Jesus came to town and he's walking through, and you read the story, there's, there's thousands around him. They're all against him. They're pushing. They're trying to get to him. The disciples are trying to protect him. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment... If I can just get there and touch that, I will be healed. That's the point of contact for her faith to be released. And she pressed through the crowds. And she grabbed all that she could in pain and in suffering. But she got there and she touched it. And the very minute that she touched it, what did Jesus say? He said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what are you talking about? There's, there, everybody's hit, touching you, bumping into you. Are you kidding me? He felt the power of God come out of him. And it wasn't because the power of God was just present in the room or present in the area. It wasn't, wasn't until that faith was released and it activated the power of God that something changed. Why are we sending a prayer cloth to Tim? 
It's a point of contact for the faith of Miss Vicky and us to be released and tap into the power of God to, to, so the power of God will come on the scenes and change what's happening in his life and make his body start lining up with the truth of the Word of God where it says that Jesus bore our sicknesses by his stripes we were healed past tense. Come on. That's what this is all about. But it doesn't start until you activate it. Tap into that power. Amen. Can you see why God tells us throughout His Word to live by faith? I just made some notes. Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous live by faith. Romans 1.17, live by faith. Galatians 2.20, live by faith. Galatians 3.11, live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just live by faith. See, that's what God wants us to live by faith. Right? He wants us to live our life fulfilling the plan that He has for you, living that life by faith, believing Him, trusting. Faith in what? Faith in the power of God to, to, to come on the scene and change whatever so the, so the circumstances or anything needs to line up with what they need to line up with so that you can walk out the plan God has for your life. Yeah. Amen? And you're only, and let me tell you something, if you're going to live by faith, then you need that faith to work, and that faith is only going to work by love. Right. It's very important that you get there. We get this, right? Because living by faith is a choice just like love is a choice. This is why I always tell you guys that your choices in life mean so much. Mean so much. Every decision you make, every every choice you make, whether you decide decide to, to not love or decide to love, come on. That affects the power of God working in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. The most hardest thing for any minister, and I probably tell you guys more than I should as a pastor, because a lot of pastors don't share all, a lot of stuff. But I, I'm, so, I'm that's okay. That's just who I am. But, but, but one of the most frustrating things and one of the most common questions we hear is, Pastor, I, just not see, I don't see God in my life. I don't see the power in my life. I don't see him. My prayers aren't getting answered. How's your love walk? Yeah. Come on, how's your love walk? That might... You, most of it starts right there. How's your love walk? Right? Don't mean you got to be a punching bag. Right? You just got to forgive. Right? Mark eleven twenty five. You got to forgive so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. Now that leaves me to what I'm going to really drive home today. Right? And, and, and this, we've talked about this some, but I'm going to really drive this point home. And I want you to really get this. And that's, and that's. Why is it so hard to love? What causes you not to want to love? Your feelings. Your emotions. I don't love because I'm angry. I don't love because they hurt me. I don't love because they said this. I don't love because they said that. I don't, your feelings, your emotions. Right? That's the reason people struggle with, with walking in love. Because they, and Now, what is your feelings and all of that based on? The flesh. The flesh. And that brings me back to the three parts of man. Spirit. We are a spirit. We, live, we, we are a spirit. We're created in the God, image of God. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. On this, this is our earthly vessel on this earth. Right? And, you know, somebody's maybe saying, Pastor, why are we going back through that? Why do you keep bringing us back to that? Well, first, because the Holy Spirit led this there, because it's important, because when you look at the world we live in, people do not understand this. 
Because when you understand this, come on, and you walk, learn to live by the Spirit instead of by the flesh, it'll change your life. There's so many people that aren't living what God's calling them to do because they're too busy pursuing the fleshly things instead of the spirit things. Now, when we talk about you have, we are a spirit, you have a soul, and you are a body. Your spirit is the man, that's the inward man that's made new. I've explained this before, but I see new faces. That's the inward man that's made new at salvation, right? That's your spirit. Your soul is your mind. That's your reasoning. That's your intellect, right? And this is where most people stay. And then your, 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 your body is just this earthly vessel that God gives us to live out our days on this earth. Now, the, 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 the thing that you've got to remember is all three of those have a voice. All three of them have a voice. Your spirit has a voice, your body has a voice, and your mind has a voice. Now, your body is the one that's the most dangerous because the voice of your body is your feeling. In other words, I want what, what, what does your body want? What feels good? Well, does your body know whether what feels good is from God or not? No, it doesn't. Does that stop it from pursuing it? Absolutely not. Any of you that ever been on a diet? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody that's had an addiction? You know exactly what I'm talking about. This body will do anything that you allow it to do. It will, if you allow it to, to partake of, of, of abundance of alcohol, it's going to be an alcoholic. If you allow it to dive into all kinds of drugs, it's going to be a drug addict. If you die, allow it to, to dive into all types of pornography, well, you're going to be a pornographer. Now you're in trouble. See, see, it'll do whatever you allow it to do. But, and, that, and, it's, and it's screaming out to you. Oh, it's, it's competing for attention. And it's, and it's sad to say, but most people yield to the fleshly voice more than anything. Now, the voice of your, re- mind, or your soul is your reasoning and your mind. And we do, should yield to that, right? And listen to that, because God gave us a brain to have in common sense. We should be using that. But see, it should never override the voice of your spirit, man. Your spirit, man. That's the voice you should be listening to. Your voice of your spirit is your conscience. To do this or don't do this. You may be thinking, well, how come some people just don't act like they don't have a conscience? They either don't know God, they don't know Jesus, and their spirit man hasn't been made new, or they backslid and they have seared. Come on, you can sear your conscience, right? And, and then what, what you sear your conscience by overriding the voice of your spirit and yielding to the voice of the flesh to the point where it's okay with you to go and partake of all of these un necessary acti- worldly activities and it doesn't bother you anymore. And if you get to that point, you're in trouble. Anybody that's ever backslid, come on, but it's an easy fix. You just got to understand your mistakes. Quickly get before God. Get on your knees and repent. Turn. Come on. And put God back first place. But see, we got to understand there's three voices competing for you. Right? You have to decide which one are you going to yield to. Are you going to yield to the feelings? Are you going to yield to the voice of your spirit? Now, let me ask you, or let me look at it this way. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in us, right? Where does He dwell? Well, in your spirit, right? He comes to, he, he comes to dwell in your spirit. Now, we know God sent the Holy Spirit because of John 4, 16, 14, 16, to, God sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. 
Now, we know that if you, if you we, we've studied that, and if you, that word comforter right there means counselor, intercessor, standby, guide, strengthener, all of these things, God, that's what God sent the Holy Spirit intentional to be inside of us to do all of these things so that you can fulfill the plan of God for your life. See, God's smart. He knew you were going to need some help. I'm sending you help, right? Now, it's there. Now, if you're born again, then the Holy Spirit's there. Those tools are there to lead you, to guide you, to strengthen you, come on, to intercede on your behalf. But they can lie dormant if you don't walk in the light of it. In other words, if you don't choose to yield to that, the voice of the Spirit, man, on the inside of you, and you constantly giving in to the worldly, fleshly emotions and desires, come on, glory to God, come on, you're in trouble. And that's where the world is today, guys. Just look at all of the things going on in our society. So much anger, so much hate, so much confusion, so much frustration, so much confusion over, over what, what, what we are supposed to love, what we're supposed to like, what we're supposed to... People don't even know what gender they are. All of the, Listen, all of that is driven by your feelings and emotions. Think if everybody knew to guilt to number one, first to get the spirit man changed, which is salvation. And what if everybody knew to yield to that spirit man instead of yield to the world the, to, to the flesh? There, you wouldn't have any confusion over your gender because he's not the spirit man's not going to mislead you, right? This is why we talk about this quite frequently. Because if we don't bring this up and you, get, and you get to working and working your job and you're surrounded by people that believe different from you, you may be tempted to change what you believe. And that's why we repeat some things a lot, important things like this, because this is very important. You've got to know what you know and why you believe it because you're going to be challenged and we're in those days right now where people are being challenged. But listen, you've got to learn, learn to yield to the right voice, to the spirit man. You know, I've heard some ministers, are, they'll, they'll put it this way, say, I tell my body what it feels like. You know, feelings come on. Attacks come on. And you have to deal with them. They're natural. They come, they happen. You've got to deal with them. But they, their faith is so strong that they, no, I'm not taking, that's the way I am. I, I tell my body how it feels. Now, it may not instantly happen, but within a couple of days, things start lining up. My faith is bringing into the, tapping into the power of God and bringing into manifestation the answer of my prayers. It's a process. Now, I could give up. and just, to, oh, I've got this sickness. I'm dying. It's going to take me out. Oh, my gosh. I'm, now I've made it a pet. It's my little buddy. Let me, I'm going to feed it. And I'm going to all of this. See, there's no faith in that. That's not going to tap in the power of God. Then you can hope all you want and pray and beg God, please do something, please do something, please do something. He's like, I've done all I'm going to do. I've sent my son to pay the price on the cross. I've given you the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is tap into my power by faith. You're hurting me because I don't want to see you hurt. Please follow my systems. Do it correctly. Glory to God. And watch things change in your life. But see, the the world, the world is the world. (laughs) <laughs> and too many people are living by the flesh. And guys, you see this. We see this even in the church. You know, not, I'm not talking about any of you guys, but I'm just thinking about stories from different churches we've been in. And even here, you know, we, we got people will contact us and they want to visit the church. You know, we're church shopping. 
All right? You never church shop. If you leave your church, then God's pulling you somewhere. That's okay. But then you should know where God's leading you. You don't wander. You don't church shop. Church shopping is flesh. Looking for entertainment. Well, because we get it all the time. Well, we've seen some of your videos and uh, your messages. You know, I cannot sit in a message over 30 minutes. You know, and how often do you go over 30 minutes? Well, I do very good to try to keep it between 35 and 45 minutes. Sometimes I go longer, but only if the Holy Spirit leads because I want to respect your time. But that's a fleshly response. Because what if somebody's sitting in there contemplating suicide and the Holy Spirit moves on my heart when I look at the clock and say, oh, no. Miss, Miss, Miss Billy Joe over there has got to go. I can't preach this, and I'm not going to preach it. I'm going to hold it because I don't want to offend her, right? How selfish is that? Yeah. But this is, this, we, we deal with this in the church. I don't like your music. I don't like this. I don't like your chairs. I don't like your lighting. Why do you do lighting, you know? I'm church shopping. But church people can be harsh and not even, but the thing is, is they're not doing it to be mean. They're, they're, they're doing it and not even realizing it because they don't understand completely what voice they're supposed to be yielding. Because the, you, let me tell you something. There's a lot of people right now that are going around looking for churches and they're, they're trying to find the power of God. I've heard it a lot of times. Well, we've been there. I just don't feel the power of God there. What, what did you say? You don't feel the power of God? Let me tell you something. You don't feel the power of God. Some of the biggest healings I've ever seen have been in a service where there wasn't nothing but an acoustic guitar. And it seemed so dead, it didn't matter, but when the anointing of God was there and faith was there to tap into the power, healings happened. It didn't have to be people running around the room, the fog machines and the skinny jean pastor, all of that. It didn't have to be. I'm I'm just being real. I mean, I have a pastor friend that's getting tattoos so that he can relate to the new generation. I said, brother, you're 60 years old. It's a little late. Right? No. No. Church. <laughs> Listen, we got <laughs> to learn to yield to the Spirit. Your Spirit man's going to lead you right. Amen. And that, this is why you got to learn His voice. And that's a process, too. That you, sometimes you're going to make a, make a mistake. You're going to think, well, was that God or was that the world? Anytime you're contemplating, you better go with God's side, right? If you don't know for sure, go, always go with God, right? Don't go with, you know. And, and I've made steps before thinking it was God, and I've made mistakes. And, but what I've learned through that, it drew me closer to understanding His voice. But now, had I never moved and made that mistake, I never would have learned that. Amen? So many people are just sitting I hate my job, I hate my life, I hate everything, and God, God's got a plan for you. Take a step of faith, move toward Him. You know, people always, always think God ran from them. God has never moved. Anybody moving, it's us. We're the one hopping around doing this, 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 and this, right? But this is just the simple truth, guys. We, got to, we have got to get to a place where we understand that when you got born again at salvation... Your spirit man was all that was made new. You, your body didn't get born again. I remind myself this daily, guys, because I lived half my life in the world. And you think that some of those temptations don't rise up on occasion? Oh, my gosh. Well, you're a pastor. I am a pastor. 
and I pray, believe God, and I read my Bible all the time, and I'm listening to the Bible podcast or whatever. I'm in the Word constantly and all that. But I'm also human, and I also have a voice of my body called feelings. Those things do still rise up, but I have to be quick to put that body down. Quick to put that body down. I mean, we've got to get to a place where we're telling our body that you've got to remember, your body didn't get born again. You still have the same body as Billy Joe Center down the street. Right? And he ain't in church. Right? What's the difference? You're here. He's not. You, di- you listen to a different voice. You know, it goes back to why I was talking about why did you come expecting. Why do I say that? Everybody say, why does he say that all the time? Because listen to me. If you come expecting, then you've put your flesh down on Sunday morning. Because I know how it is when your flesh wants to sleep in. Come on. You worked all week. You're tired. Man, I need this is my day. I want to rest. I've been there. But see, when you come expecting, you put this flesh down. You, you, you put it to the side. And, and you've taken the initiative to get with God ahead of time. God, thank you for everything you've done in my life. Thank you for everything you can do, you know, about whatever, blah, 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 blah. This is our day. This is my day. I know I've been talking to you all week, which you should, but this is my day to come in your house, your house, Father. And this is my day to worship you, to throw all this garbage aside and worship you. And see, when you, when you prayed up and you're expecting to hear from God, because that's what you do, and then when, you, when you're praying to Him, you're like, God, I know you got something for me today. Now I want to see it. I want to hear it. And I'm going to get it by faith when I walk in that church building. And see, when you have that mindset and that understanding, you just gave your life purpose for the day. See, we're trying to get people just to come to church. We can't get people in the church. It's not our fault. It's but people don't know. They, they, they have no ambition and they're listening to the wrong voice. Amen. You should come in expecting. You should come in expecting. You've got to remember something. Your body didn't get born again and your mind didn't get born again. And that's why Romans 12 tells us that you have to renew your mind. Every, and you renew your mind every day. And if you don't renew your mind with the Word of God, you're going to renew it with something. And what you renew it with affects what you believe. Now, what you believe should be based off of the truth of the Word of God, right? And that truth is what, what forms your belief system, your bible form beliefs, and those beliefs is what governs your response or your actions to the, what happens in the world. Amen? You've got to remember that. Now, I'm going to read. I'm going to close with this for the sake of time. We'll pick this back up next week. Galatians 5. 16. I know this, this wasn't a lot of talking about love, but let me tell you something. If you can't get, this, get control of this flesh, you'll never love. You'll never, you can pretend. You can try in your own strength, which is what most people try to do. But you'll never love the, the God kind of love. Galatians uh, 5, verse 16. I'm going to read this out of the Passion translation. And I love this. The Passion calls this, they, they, they categorize theirs. It says, the Holy Spirit, our victory. Ooh, this is so cool. That's kind of long, but you guys bear with me. It says, verse 16, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm, that's a big start right there. Yield to the Spirit on the inside of you. You will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Your self-life, that's your old self. That's your, this flesh, right? That's what's, what, what this body that we live in, okay? 
When your self-life craves things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder Him from living free within you. That means that when you, the desires of this body hinders or goes against the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you, come on, it hinders the power of God in your life, right? Right? And then it goes, the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. Right? So when you yield to the Spirit and you allow it to dominate you, it takes control of the flesh. In other words, you put this flesh in, down. You put this flesh in control, right? right? So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Verse 18, but when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. Living under the law. What he's talking about right there is you will not be living by the curse of this land that we've been redeemed from. That's why Jesus went to the cross and shed the blood, right? Verse 19, the behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being loved with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom, see we have freedom, Free choice. Free will to choose. Use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you, you have free will to choose, and if you choose that path, it's, it's not good. Okay? It's not good. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our old self was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah, with Jesus. Right? That's why he paid the price, okay? So that we didn't have to. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Guys, this is where we've got to get to. We as a people, we as the church, we have got to get here. We have got to get to that place to where we're, we're, we're sold out for God. Now, I know what it's like. I, I remember it took me a while to get, to, to get a revelation of this. And, and there were some Sundays I just had to make myself go to church. And, 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 and I did the whole fleshly looking for a church thing. Went to a lot of churches. Well, you know, pastor, you need to be more like that pastor. Look at their church. They got this number there. Yada, 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 yada. But until I got revelation that I needed to go where God was leading me. Because he made me a certain way. And he anointed me a certain way to fit with that vision. Right? And, and, then, and then I, don't, I had to learn. to I don't look to church to entertain me. I did that for a long time. Well, if they don't play such and such music, that's not entertaining. I don't want to be there. Right? I've, been done, I've done it all. But listen, that's just a matter of yielding to the wrong voices. 
Start yielding to the spirit man that's been made new on the inside of you. Listen to that voice. He will lead you. He will guide you. He'll give you the unction to move. He'll give you the unction to stop. He'll get, listen, as you grow that relationship, he'll give you the words to say. And you're going to need that if you're going to be on the compassion team because let me tell you something. The first time if you've, you have somebody that's homeless, hadn't showered in three weeks or hadn't showered maybe for a month, Maybe they'll be a little mental unstable and maybe have some issues in their life and they got a big steak knife sticking out of their belt and, and they come up to you and, and, and you don't know and they start talking out of their head a little bit. You better have the Holy Spirit there guiding you to know what to say because you got to know when to speak and know when to walk away, right? But you're only going to know that if you understand the voice of the Spirit. So you got to learn to yield to that Spirit. Amen. I, I'll stop here so we can get to the lake. We'll pick this back up next week, guys. Listen, we're talking about, we're really talking about love. Choosing love, right? And if you're going to choose, if you're going to choose love, the first thing that you've got to control and the first thing you've got to master is this flesh. And I'm going to tell you, it's not a one-time thing. Not a one-time thing at all. This, this flesh, especially, it's actually harder if you've lived in the world and then came to Jesus because when you lived in the world, you've got a sense of what it's like out there. Right? And you got a sense of what it feels, the, the pleasures that are out there. And then when you come to Jesus, right, now you're trying to do without it. Right? And then you've got to find pleasure to come from God Himself, which it will. But you've got, you got to walk in the light of the change. Amen? Glory to God. Let's